have your Bibles, you're welcome to open up to 1 Kings chapter 18 with me. 1 Kings chapter 18. I've got a message called Prepare for Rain. Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. I'll stop there. For three and a half years, the Samaritans had been without rain completely. There was a major drought. There was hardly any water left whatsoever. It was very dry. Uh, They had very, very little food, so they were in a place of great famine as a result of the lack of rain. It looked really devastating. And here is Elijah who says, rain's coming. I hear the sound of abundance of rain coming. Now, in the natural, King Ahab could have looked, and it's possible he did even, and looked at Elijah and said, you're crazy. The heat must be getting to you. You're an old man now. You just don't understand. There's not a cloud in the sky because there wasn't at that very moment. But he said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain coming. And God has a message for his people today that I share with him this message to you that I hear the sound of the abundance of rain coming. You might have had a drought in your marriage, your finances, but I'm telling you right now that that drought is coming to an end. God has a miracle that he's sending your way. Now, the challenge that he has for his people is to set their faith in agreement and not to be moved by sight, but to walk by faith. And that's what this message is all about. That we've got to learn to hear with our inner man, our spirit man, more than what we see in the natural. And that's why the apostle Paul said, you've got to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Because in the natural, it may look like finances are all dried up. It may look like your marriage is all dried up. It may look like your child is never coming back to Christ. But God is saying, don't be moved by what you see, but listen to what I'm saying on your inner man. Keep that in your heart. And instead of doubting and being moved by what we see, it's time for God's people to start declaring and proclaiming, it's my time. It's my time for favor. It's my time for grace. It's my time for the anointing. It's my time for marriage reconciliation. It's my time for healing. The medical report may say it still looks bad, but you're hearing the sound of the abundance of rain and you're hearing healing. You're healing restoration. You're hearing financial breakthrough. You're hearing the blessing and the favor of God when everything else in the natural looks like it's not going in that direction. But here's the key to God's people is that we've got to continue to stay in faith and set our faith in agreement with the creator. 
Because what he has begun in you, he is going to finish it. And it's not how we start in life, it's how we finish. And God reassures us that what he's begun in us, he is going to complete it. Now, don't be like those who walk around and say, I I don't think so. The medical report still says it's bad. My child is still acting up. I'll never meet the right person. Now, this is where you've got to remember to be like Elijah and declare boldly that this is my time. This is my season. This is This is where God is sending an abundance of rain, and I am preparing for that abundance of rain. Now, when you prepare, God meets us where our faith is at, but then he exceeds our expectations. Now, you need to remember, like Elijah, sometimes there's going to be people, like his assistant, that said, there's nothing. And what did Elijah do? He kept sending that man away. Sometimes in life, we need to send people away that are saying, there's nothing. Until they catch on and they say, wait a minute, I do see something now. Jesus said, don't be like the doubting Thomas, you could say. Don't wait until you see it, till you believe it. You've got to believe it now in order to receive it. Isn't that what he said in Mark 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 24? You've got to believe that you receive it and then you will have it. That's what faith is. And sometimes in life, we need to send those people away. You go, look, that cloud is coming. That rain is coming. You keep going. You keep going. Look, you go. You go. And they might keep coming back saying, there's nothing. But that's where you just say, you keep looking. You keep going because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain coming my way. People don't determine your destiny. God does. And I hear the creator saying, the creator of our universe saying to each and every one of you today, He's calling out your seeds of greatness. God has equipped you and empowered you for such a time as this. You wouldn't be in this generation if God didn't believe that you needed to be here at such a time as this. God's got a plan. He's got a call on your life that has a bright future. And his plans for you are bright and for good and not for evil to give you a hope. And his thoughts towards you are beyond the count of the sand of the sea. And every thought that he has about you is good, the Bible says. But here's the key. It doesn't take a lot of faith to believe or set our faith in agreement that we hear the sound of abundance of healing or the sound of abundance of financial breakthrough or the sound of abundance with restoration or reconciliation or hearing that your child is coming home by the Spirit of God. Listen, all it takes, Jesus said, is faith like the seed that's like a mustard seed. That's all it takes. He didn't say you have to have gigantic faith to move mountains. He said all it takes is just a mustard seed size of faith. You wouldn't be here in church today if you didn't have mustard seed size of faith. God has brought you here for such a time as this, and all he's saying to you is set your faith in agreement with him, and don't be moved by what you see. Be moved by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. God's got a bright future for you. And I hear the sound of the abundance of rain coming your way. And I know this is superfluous for me to even share this with you because you're believers and not doubters. But I want to encourage you, I hear it. I hear the sound of abundance and miracles and breakthroughs, signs and wonders coming to you, to your life. Now, I remember a number of years ago when Amy and I were going, I was going back to college at that time, and Amy was working at Oral Roberts University. And I remember our budget naturally just wasn't very big. As you can imagine, college is expensive. 
But we had learned enough about the kingdom of God to know not to limit God. So Amy and I were praying over something special that we could do for our anniversary, even though it wasn't naturally in our budget. We knew it was in God's budget. So we put our faith out there, and we started praying for a nice anniversary gift, something that we could do together that would be memorable. Well, to make a long story short, Amy shot off at the mouth with some faith, some childlike faith, and she prayed this ridiculous prayer that was impossible in the natural. And she said, God, in fact, what I would like to do for our anniversary this year is I would like to go to the Warren Duck Club. Now, the Warren Duck Club is a very high-end uh, restaurant. It's a five-star restaurant, very uh, elaborate, very, very nice. And she threw that out there, and of course, my mind tilted. But I knew enough not to say a word. Well, it got closer to our anniversary in the natural. It looked like nothing was changing, nothing was happening in our budget. But sure enough, I got a call one day from somebody back in Minnesota. And they said, the Lord put, a, put your anniversary on my heart, and he asked me to send you a financial gift. And I'm supposed to tell you that it's a surprise from him that you're supposed to take your wife out for a nice dinner. Well, that check was sent in the mail. I didn't tell Amy this, but you know who gets really excited when it comes to surprises? You know who. He couldn't hold it back any longer. And one night, he gave her a dream, and he said these words to Amy in the dream. And this is Jesus talking to Amy in a dream. He said, I'm taking you and Sean out to the Warren Duck Club. She got so excited in this dream that she started dancing in the dream, dancing around saying, we're going to the Warren Duck Club. 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 Literally, when she woke up, she was singing that song. She got out of bed and started doing her little jitter, you know, dance. She was going around dancing. We're going to the Warren Duck Club. And I thought, how do you know that? And that's what I said. How do you know that? She said, Jesus told me. And so I had to be honest and say, well, we got a surprise. And uh, all I'm saying to you is today, God wants to send more surprises to you. He wants to send more grace to you. He wants to send more mercy to you. Because in these last days, he wants to be distinguishing you above others. Just like he did in the Old Testament, how he separated Israel from the Egyptians. And he wants to separate his people. And the Bible says that the wealth of sinners is going to be transferred into the hands of the righteous. God wants to bring more surprises, witty ideas, inventions, creative patents to you and to your household to set you apart. Why? Because... He loves you, absolutely loves you, and he treasures you. Now, your challenge is not to let your natural mind get in the way. And you just say, God, I believe, I receive. And that's all he's asking to do. He's not asking you to uh, do a bunch of stuff. All he's saying is just, will my people believe? And Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And I believe here today, and I say this over you, that at High Point Church, he will find faith. I believe that you're believers and not doubters. I remember one time a number of years ago when we first started the church, it certainly wasn't in our budget to go to Hawaii, but we had heard that Amy's mom had always dreamed to go to Hawaii. For 50 years, she had always dreamed to go to Hawaii. And we thought, Lord, we would love to take my mother in love. This is a good tip for all of you guys who have mother-in-laws or daughters, daughter-in-laws, uh, to call them mother-in-loves. It goes a lot further in life with relationships. So it sounds too legalistic when you call them mother-in-law. 
But anyway, my mother in love had always dreamed to go to Hawaii. And so we thought, wouldn't that be great to take her to Hawaii someday? Courtney, our oldest daughter at that time, she wasn't very old, but she just childlike faith said, yes, and we're going to go this year. God is going to send us this year. And of course, Amy and my mind both tilted. We thought there's no way in the natural we could ever do that. We just started this church. We don't make that kind of income to be able to take her to Hawaii. But she said, and she reassured it and echoed it again. No, we are going to go, and we're going to go this year. God's going to send us. We thought, okay, let's leave her be. She's got some childlike faith, so let's just leave this one alone. Sure enough, about a month later, we got an unexpected check that covered for the expense of our entire family and to take Amy's mom to Hawaii. And I'm telling you, when we were flying in and I looked over and I saw the tears coming down her cheeks, I thought, God delights in giving us the desires of our heart. And God has no respect to persons. What he's done in our life, he wants to do in your life. And nothing is too big and nothing is too small for what God wants to do in and through you. But here's a challenge, though, again, is that some of you are thinking a pond in the backyard, and God's saying, I've got an ocean for you in your backyard. Some of you are thinking, I'd like to have a tree in my backyard. God's saying, I've got the redwood forest for you in your backyard. Some of you are thinking, I'd like to have a new golf club. God's thinking, I'd like to give you a golf club resort. You know, God is saying, I've got something much bigger. You just set your faith where it's at, and I'll exceed your expectations. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20? Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can even ask or think. So if we just get our faith out there, even if it's a mustard seed side of faith, God says, I'll work with that, and then he'll exceed your expectations. He'll do above and beyond all you can even ask or think. Psalm 27, verse 13, it says, King David wrote, what would have happened to me had I not believed to see the Lord's goodness? You know, he was sitting there just marveling at all the testimonies, I'm sure, at that time, miracles, signs, and wonders, and all the times that God had taken care of him. And now he's sitting there thinking, what would have happened to me if I had not believed? I wonder how many people one day will get to heaven and realize how many miracles, signs, and wonders, and how big of a vision God had for them and they had limited him because they didn't believe. That's not going to be us. Because God's saying, I don't want you to believe for just the ordinary. I want you to believe for the extraordinary. I don't want you to believe for the practical. I want you to believe for the impractical. I don't want you to believe for just managing that addiction. I want you to believe for complete freedom from that addiction. Because we serve a God who loves to delight in doing the impossible. And with him, all things are impossible uh, to him who believes. In Isaiah, God's saying, this is where, this is your time, this is your season. To, in verse 50, chapter 54, verse 2, to enlarge your tent. Depending on the translation you're reading, it says, build additions onto your house. Don't save, don't hold back any expenses. Lavish. But it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. In other words, what God is saying, now is not the time to think small. Now is the time to start thinking big. Because if you're thinking this, God is thinking way up here. If you're thinking this, God is still way up here. 
So my challenge to you is aim. Use your faith for something because if you aim for nothing, you'll get it every time. But if you begin to develop some expectations and get that hope stirred back up again, to believe God that it is possible for things to turn around, then God can begin to work on your behalf and move mighty in your life. And that's the desire of his heart is to show himself strong on your behalf. But it does require us to set our faith in agreement with what he's saying. We've got to trust him at his word, that all of his promises are yes and amen. One touch of God's favor can catapult you into what you could not do in your own strength. In Haggai chapter two, verse nine, God reminds us that the latter days of our lives will be better than the former days of our life. I don't care how young or how old you are, God is not done with you. He is just, beginning to warm up. And that's why the prophets of old desired to be a part of these last days because they could see an outpouring of God's grace. He, they could see an outpouring of his mercy. They could see an outpouring of the joy of the Lord being our strength. They could see so much and they desired and longed to be a part of the days that you and I are in today. Now is the time and the season to prepare for rain. In Ephesians chapter two, verse six through seven, it goes on to say how God raised up Jesus together and he raised you and I up together when we believed and seated him in heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. And it goes on in verse seven, it says, and he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus by providing for our redemption. Verse seven in the tra message translation, I love how this reads goes on to say, now God has us where he wants us with all the time in the world, in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us. In Christ Jesus, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we need to do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we had done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. I'll stop right there. What God is saying is, I want to amaze you. I want to surprise you. I want to send grace to you. I want to send peace and joy to you. When it looks like everything else in the world is falling apart, God wants to hold you together. He wants to build you up stronger. He wants to separate you. It's distinctively happening. It's already been declared. It's already conclusive. God has already made the decision it's been decreed over your life. Now the decision is up to us to simply set our faith in agreement to receive what he says he wants to do. And I say today, I hear and I sense an outpouring of God's rain pouring on your life, coming your way. Your best days are not behind you. They are still ahead of you. There's a true story of a little boy in this church that they, the pastor called for a prayer meeting because there was a major drought and they needed rain in their area. So the pastor instructed the people and said, come with everything you want to bring. Bring your Bibles, bring whatever you know. You need your prayer shawls, bring whatever you need. So all these people showed up with their Christian t-shirts and their Bibles and all this stuff. But there was one little boy that came with, guess what he had? He came with an umbrella. And as soon as the little boy did this, the rain started. Now who had faith? Who was prepared for the rain? My challenge to you today 
as I hear the sound of abundance for your marriages, your families, your relationships, your careers. I hear the sound of abundance for financial miracles. I hear it. Are you prepared? Because someone's going to receive it. And I believe today and I declare over you today, it will be you. And I believe you're going home better off than when you first came. And I believe you're going home as a victor and not a victim with a changed perspective because life is all about perspective. And when you serve a God that is a big God, even when we make mistakes, even when we mess up, God says in his word in Romans 8, 28, that he works all things together for our good and for his glory for those who love him. No matter how many mistakes, no matter how many times you've fallen, how many times you failed, all God is saying is get back up. What does that mean? Get your umbrella because my blessings are coming your way and I'm gonna pour out such an abundance on you that people are gonna look and they're gonna be astonished at what I've done in your life. There's a story in the book of Acts about this young man who was in his 40s who was born lame from birth and his family would set him at the beautiful gates at the church, basically at the entrance. And year after year, he would beg for money. He would beg for money. That's how he would eat. And one day, Peter and John happened to be walking to the church and about to walk in, and they saw this man. And Peter looked at him, and he made a comment to him. This man immediately assumed he was about to receive some money from Peter and John. But Peter said to him, silver and gold, I don't have that. I don't have that on me. I don't have it with me. But what I do have with me is the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he extended his hand to this man. And this man extended his hand back to Peter. And at that very moment, a miracle took place. That man stood up who had never walked in his life. It stood up and he began to jump, shout, leap, rejoice, and celebrate and praise God. What that man was believing for was just an ordinary day, a little money to take care of him. But God showed up to do the extraordinary. The people, the Bible says, the people were astonished. And what God is saying to his people today is that the day is coming right now where the people that knew you, who grew up with you, who knew the life that you used to live, they're going to be astonished because you learned to prepare for the rain. Because you're not just believing for the ordinary, you're believing for the extraordinary because you serve a far out extraordinary God. A God that is able to pick you up and pick up the broken pieces and restore you better off than you were before the incident or the situation took place in your life. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 10, it says, And he said, Behold, I make my covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. In Job chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, I love the message translation. It says, if I were in your shoes, I'd go straight to God. I'd throw myself on the mercy of God. After all, he's famous for great and unexpected acts. And there's no end to his surprises. The psalm says in Psalm 37, verse 4, as you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. There is nothing too small. There is nothing too great. God wants goodness and mercy to follow you all the days of your life, as Psalm 23 says. In other words, he wants a wake behind you that everywhere you go, that blessings are chasing you down and overtaking you. As you delight yourself in the Lord, 
the Bible says that the blessings will chase you down and overtake you. He will give you the desires of your heart. There's two things that I've learned in my journey walking with the Lord, two things that he's instructed me to do. Number one, don't think small. And number two, don't talk negative. Negative words will cancel out what God wants to do in our lives. So when the medical report still says it looks bad, don't you set your faith in agreement with that. You set your faith in the scriptures and the word of God, that by his stripes, I am healed. If it looks like you're having a financial drought, don't you set your faith in agreement with the financial drought. You set your faith in agreement with what God says, that he meets all of my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the lender and not the borrower. God wants to do the amazing, the immeasurable, surpassing goodness and mercy. It's who he is. He's a good father and he loves his children. Now set your faith in agreement that he loves you enough to want to do it for you. Not just the person sitting next to you. I'm talking about he wants to do it for you because you are his child. You are his masterpiece. And he treasures you and values you and he loves you the same way he loves Jesus Christ. God is a good father. I'll close with this story. There's a woman in the Old Testament named Hannah. And Hannah wanted for many years to have a baby and she'd cry out and she would want to have a baby. She would put pressure on her husband and it's just like, I want to have a baby. But one day she went before the Lord and cried out to God and said, God, I want to have a baby. And the priest at that time, Eli, thought she was, you know, something was wrong. She was intoxicated. Something was, because she was talking without words coming out of her mouth. She was praying. And Eli said something to her and said, no, 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 no. She responded and said, that's not true. I, I'm not intoxicated. I haven't been drinking. That's just, I, I'm a woman with a, a hurt heart, basically, she said. And he looked at her and said, God's going to answer your prayer. God is saying to his people today, I've heard your prayer. Now be encouraged. Hannah got up encouraged, wiped the dust off her knees, you could say. And she went back. And from that moment on, she was cheerful. And that was the turn of tide is when she became cheerful. She received the prophetic word from the prophet and the priest at that time. And God not only met her with giving her a son that she followed through with her commitment to the Lord, said, I'll give him to you, I'll lend him to you for the ministry. God didn't just meet that expectation. God gave her three more sons and two daughters because God is the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. My challenge to you is, are you prepared for rain? Will you just simply set your faith Will you dream big and then take some time to dream bigger? Because God wants to pour on an abundance of rain. And now is not the time to think small. Now is the time to set your faith in agreement with God that God wants to do immeasurably more than you can ask or think. He wants to bring an abundance to you. If you receive this, will you say amen? amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? If we give God an inch... Like the old saying says, an inch of faith, my saying to you is he will give us a mile of blessing. God wants to pour out his blessing on his people. My question to you is, are you prepared for rain like that little boy? 
God wants to pour out his love, his mercy, and his grace and forgiveness on each and every one of us. And I believe today you're good ground receiving all that he has for you. I want to ask today if you are at a place in your life where you know you haven't accepted Jesus or you need to recommit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you're here in person or watching us online, if you need to make that decision to accept Christ or you need to get your heart right with God today. If your heart was to stop beating, do you know you're for sure at peace with God? If not, it would be my honor and my privilege to pray with you today. So if that's you, you came to church today, you're watching us online, and you need to make that decision to accept Christ or recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter what you've done right or wrong. All that really matters is what Jesus Christ has done for you. So if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, that's me, I need to get my heart right with God, or I need to accept Jesus Christ for the first time. On either one of those occasions, would you slip up a hand all over this auditorium right now, just acknowledging, I want to accept Christ to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Thank you so much. I know it takes courage to do that. Anyone else? You can put those hands down. Anyone else? Okay, let's do this. Let's take a minute. Would you pray with those that are calling on the name of Jesus? Let's be an encouragement to them and pray this prayer together as they make this quality choice and this decision. God is going to do a miracle right where you're at today. Please join us online as we pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap?